Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, and our good friend Fredo Cervantes. Everybody, how are we doing on this beautiful day? It is great to be back, and it's great to have Fredo on the show. What's up, my man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. The Arash Markazi Show. <laughs> I'm excited to talk some Chargers, too. I mean, it sucks, but uh, I will get into it. But I, 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 personally yes, think, it I personally think their season's over without Slater and Bosa, but we'll get into it. I don't want right, right. to. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't know if you guys have seen the hurricane in Florida. But yeah. literally, I'm I'm reading oh, a tweet yeah. from uh, Heat reporter Tim Reynolds. He said it is unspeakable in Fort Myers right now. I've never seen anything like this. If you haven't seen the videos, it's insane. The, it's, yeah. it's insane. It's insane. And prayers up wow. to them because they are going through it right now in Florida. Absolutely, I have tons of friends in Tampa actually right now, and it is insane oh what's God. going on right now in there i mean we went to my hey, my buddy's um home out there in tampa yeah. to watch the super bowl and it was just it's it's sad yeah it's really sad horrible yeah yeah all right well let's get to today's headlines brought to you by the sporting tribune the, the sporting tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in southern california las vegas and hawaii no paywalls no ads no uh pop-ups just your teams and a clean reading experience visit the sporting tribune.com today hit it jihei about it earlier the chargers texans game another trap game guys for the chargers and is it a must win for them considering what happened against the texans last year i mean this is the, the a tough situation for the chargers right now I mean, you, you begin the season with such high hopes and high expectations Herbert's not himself. I mean, I mean, I went to that game against the uh, Jaguars, and it was so clear at the beginning of that game he was not himself. I am still very upset that he was the, playing twenty-eight points down. Uh, let me bring up our main man, Fredo Cervantes. Fredo, what's up with the Chargers? I mean, what do they have to do? And now it's not like they're healthy coming off of a loss. I don't know what percentage Justin Herbert's at. Joey Bosa's out. Slater's out. Where do the Chargers stand? Well, I mean, as of today, it, I mean, they are standing in a one and two record, which is something that nobody expected the Chargers to be, especially after spending all the money they did on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but as well, there is one key thing that's maybe holding the Chargers back right now that a lot of people are not really talking about it, but it's it's running back Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler has not had a, a great three games to start off. I mean, and, and he, he he rushed for five yards on Sunday's game. You know, you were there, Raj. I was yeah. there. We, we we saw that. And seeing, you know, Sony Michelle coming in, even even Justin Herbert ran more rushing yards over Eckler on Sunday's game. But Eckler really got to step it up a little bit. You know, they will have some success going against the Texans this weekend, especially because the Texans don't have have one of the worst rushing defenses um, in the in the league right now. So going against that defense for, for the Chargers, even though, yes, they did face a lot of major setbacks with Joey Bosa 
and of course second year um, you know with Rashawn Slater so Rashawn out for the season Joey Bosa still has um, some expectation to maybe make it back this season sometime in November or so which you know it might not be too late but hopefully the defense can, you know, can hold down the ball but as long as Justin Herbert is 100% that's the most important thing right now for the Chargers moving forward can Justin Herbert really take it to the next level with certain guys being out and more pressure on him because when you look at the roster, they, I'm pretty sure Justin Herbert realizes like, okay, there's a little bit of less pressure on me right now. But now with certain guys being out, there's more pressure being on him. Can he elevate to the next level? I certainly believe so. Um, but of course, it's going to take for Brandon Staley to really manage him correctly because I honestly personally think when you're down 28 points in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, and you still bring Justin Herbert, your franchise quarterback, back onto the field, that was a terrible decision from Brandon Staley, I believe. Yeah, and Fredo, I also wanted to add on to that. You know, Austin Eckler, yeah, he hasn't been great. We all, we all know this, but four, four rushes? Like, dude, Brandon Staley needs right. to run the ball more, especially if Herbert's injured, which he is, obviously, right. and he's still questionable for this weekend, and who knows how long it'll take for him to look like himself. Run the football more. I don't care if you're down seven points, 14 points. Better than being down 30, you know? I mean, run yeah. the football. Take time off the clock. Give your quarterback less pressure. Brandon Staley continues to pass the ball like he's doing an air raid and it wasn't working, you know, with Keenan Allen out, obviously, and, you know, them locking up Mike Williams pretty well. So some I want to see this week, and I do think they're going to win. But, you know, they lost 41 to 29 last year in a surprising game against the Texans. Texans don't have a great rush defense. I really want Brandon Staley to understand that. Like, he must have an analytics team telling him, run Eckler more, run Tony <laughs> Michelle more. Right? I, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out to win this football game. I mean, they're going to have to run you more. out there with the Chargers. <laughs> uh, I would. I mean, we're both named Brandon. All I need is put on a hat, and, you know, all of a sudden, I'm the head coach. Run Eckler about 30 times. Yeah, I think, you know, when when we look at the Chargers right now, my biggest concern is Brandon Staley losing the locker room because his his justification for, for the Herbert thing being down 28 is that he said Herbert wanted to be out there with his teammates to be a good teammate. It's like, dude, you are the head coach yeah. of the football team. You have the ultimate authority. And things like that are what make people in the media like ourselves kind of question your decision making and the and the players in the locker room are going to read that stuff and they're not you know they're aware of it themselves and all of a sudden when you get a divided locker room that's the first sign of like all right things are going to go south here and i'm not saying that that's where they're at now but man this week is about as must win as you can have considering the expectations coming into the season obviously they can't control the injuries the injuries are unfortunate but the expectations should still be when you look at the raiders being zero and three you look at I'm gonna say it the fraudulent Broncos it's basically I mean I do think the Raiders will rebound but I I think the Chargers should finish no lower than second in the division even, even with, their with injuries. injuries yeah so I agree this is a huge huge game for them yeah. yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I mean, these first first and foremost, we should take <laughs> cut this out right now. Every game's a must win, right? If well, you're if, yeah. for, for for this team for this yeah. team for this team, um, especially this one, considering that you're coming in 
it was know, just such one, a bad loss, two. though. I yeah. mean, I mean, such a bad loss. I mean, twenty-eight points to the Jags. I, I, I get that Herbert was not healthy, but it was just that moment in time when you you get pumped up for what could be this season. Again, you beat Las Vegas game one. You had a really fantastic game against the Chiefs. Could have won that game, and then you come home and it. Again, I get that Herbert's not healthy, but twenty-eight point blowout to the Jags. I mean, come on now, that was just can, ridiculous. Can we also admit though that the Jags are on the come up? The Jags are 100%. a better team than we're thinking, <laughs> yeah. but like we are. My, my, but my they should lose thirty-eight. My thought is that the Chargers are one sure. of the best teams in the league, right? And so, but, yeah. so that's that's. I mean, the it's it's there. something we're going to see with the 49ers too, without Trent Williams. Like the Rams have a clear shot to win Monday in the left tackle, right tackle. The tackles are some of the most important positions oh, yeah. in football, right? You lose Rashawn Slater. We saw the impact with the Chargers. You'll see that Debo won't be able to run the football as well, and Jeff Wilson for the Niners without Trent Williams. Jimmy's going to get crushed by Aaron Donald on on Monday. That's what's going to happen to Justin Herbert if Brandon Staley doesn't run the football. Exactly. Rashawn Slater's a huge loss, and Storm Norton's the worst offensive tackle in the league, by far, in my opinion. There, I mean, you, you, you could guarantee someone getting by him every single time. Well, let's like move pressure on. on the quarterback. Well, let's move on to um, what Brandon was talking about, the second uh, headline. The Rams play um, the Niners on Monday Night Football. Can they win, guys, their first regular season game against the Niners in two years? By the way, it's crazy that they have not found a way to beat this team, except for when it counts the most in the conference championship game. So, I mean, I, I'm hoping that this is finally the day, the night that it finally happens for the Rams. I was at that game on Monday night. I, I always talk to you guys about that. What a beautiful night it was. I was in a suite. I had a glass of Cabernet. I was up north in wine country. That game was never close. It was a blowout from like the, the, the moment that kickoff happened. And then so I'm, I'm really hoping that, that things will change this time around. Fredo, the Rams and San Francisco, for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay's number, except for the conference championship game. Most Your thoughts, game. Exactly right. Your thoughts on the, this one. I mean, this game coming up is going to be a big game, especially for the San Francisco 49ers, I believe, because we already know what the Rams are all about. You know, they're the defending champs again um, this year. So with the San Francisco 49ers being also one and two with some really high expectations as well after the devastating loss last season, you know, they were a game away from the Super Bowl as well. But the, I think Garoppolo is a much better fit for this team, honestly, than Trey Lance. You know, it's that's what happened at Trey and he's not going to be here. But Garoppolo, I feel that he is very much capable of going out there again this year and, and proving to everyone at the NFC that he, you know, the, the Niners are a real deal, especially with Debo's family. Once you have Debo, you know, you can maybe put some somebody else out there to throw the ball to him or, you know, of course, he runs the ball a lot as well. But I think Garoppolo uh, needs to really step up. This game is more important to the Niners than to the Rams. It, I mean, especially because it's in the Niners' home. So if, if, if it was out here in L.A., of course, the Rams really would have just kind of came in and maybe win this game. But honestly, I think Garoppolo is going to have a big game on Monday night and, and you know, he's going to try to go 2-2 two two for the season. Yeah, I like that prediction, Fredo. I, I think that with, with the Rams' outlook on the overall season, when you look at the division, Seattle and Arizona look like, you know, non-contenders, non-threats. So you have an opportunity right. here on Monday night to take a two-game lead in the division on basically your only threat in the division and 
and you would have the uh, head-to-head tiebreaker. So, I mean, I understand the importance of this game for the Niners, but the Rams have to be like licking their chops right now, looking at that game, thinking, all right, if we win this game, we can kind of take a deep breath here and kind of figure things out, especially with the run game. Cam Akers last week, finally, he had that drive where he had like 50 yards in a drive Mm -hmm. and he scored. The very next drive, they get right to the two-yard line and he fumbles the football. Uh, That's the biggest thing for me with the Rams is if they can just have a two-game lead and then your biggest thing then going forward is, hey, we have to establish the run game now. Yeah. And when you have a cushion, it gives you more of like leeway to to figure things out and kind of experiment and do those kinds of things but if they lose this game obviously then all of a sudden that cushion is gone and then we get back to like all right they have to win the next one or else san fran's gonna take control Mm -hmm. of the division but i i I honestly think without trent williams I, i got the rams in this one well, let's hope. I mean, I I really don't get how uh, Kyle Shanahan like owns the Rams, and you go back to that last game of the season when the Rams could have, uh, I guess, clinched a first round bye or something along those lines, and they and they lost that game. So, listen, they won the one game that really truly counts, the conference championship game. But it'd be nice for the Rams to really take a foothold and a stranglehold on that division. Four weeks into the season, it would be fantastic. Well, I'm just wondering, um, I'm trying to look this up right now. What is the Rams record in prime time? Because it doesn't feel like it's good. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, it probably is not yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I, I have the feeling that it's like, it's definitely under 500 or something yeah. like that, right? Um, obviously, because we have the Jeff Fisher era. And if we ever have. Well, let's not, I mean, let's not count the Jeff Fisher okay. era. <laughs> but but, uh, like, but, but, but <laughs> like, even like the last couple of uh, seasons, right? You know, like, obviously this season with that first game of the season loss you go back to last year i know they lost the monday night football game that i've talked about against san francisco and so but yeah that we have they 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 have not been good yeah but but that being said i agree with you guys that you know i i don't know if the rams are licking their chops but i definitely know that they want redemption right they want redemption because of that even though they won that game it was against arizona like let's get real like they're that their season's a wash if their coach <laughs> still has a job at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to be extremely impressed. Fredo, um, real so. quick, you know, with, with, with you talking about, again, we're, we're not that far into the season, but I'm getting the sense on social that a lot of Chargers fans are like, oh, this season is a wash. They're talking about Sean Payton. They're talking about next season. Yes. Do you get that sense, too? Yeah, I mean, I was talking to a few season ticket holders that have been with San Diego, with San Diego Chargers for years and years. And then a lot of people are very upset at just the play calling throughout the game, especially this past game. I mean, just seeing certain plays and, you know, the thing is, Austin Eckler's not running the ball. That That's the problem. So, yeah. I mean, like we were talking about that, you know, Staley got to go ahead and make certain plays for him. And when you see stuff like that for a second year coach, Especially the decisions he made last season that cost them, you know, a pretty, a, we don't know what could have cost them if they would have made it to the playoffs, but it cost them a playoff appearance. And with that being said, a lot of Charger fans right now are just not happy with Brandon Staley, even yeah. though there were some reports out there that, you know, he's losing the locker room, but they're saying that, you know, players are still committed. They know they can still win this, especially having the Texans this week. They got the Browns the following week. Then they got the Broncos on Monday Night Football here at SoFi Stadium. Um, so they and then they got, uh, I think they got Washington right after that. So it's just a little, a pretty light schedule in, in the month of October. So hopefully they can, you know, take care of the month of October, wait till Joey Bolsa comes back, everyone's a little healthier, and maybe they can make a push. 
Well, I want to move forward again to the Lakers because, again, this is the Arash Markazi show. We got to talk some Lakers. I love just busting your chops about it, by yeah. the way, Arash, just because we do. We talk about them all the time, or at least frequently, more frequently, I think, than any other Well, camp has started. Listen, there are times where I will shoehorn in a Lakers headline when there's no need for one, but there is need. No, there they, is need. There is this. need. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Anthony Davis, speaking of needs, said yesterday that he was battling a wrist injury since January and that it was affecting his shot. With a fully healthy wrist now and an overall healthy Anthony Davis, can he replicate his magical 2019-2020 season and finally shoot over 30% from three? I would love that to happen. By the way, I mean, he said during media day, like people want me to play like a Greek god or this, that. No, no, no. We just want you to play like you did two years ago. Literally two years ago. So we've seen what you can do. We just want that. We want you to be healthy. And I know he can't control health but like what what we are hoping for is what we've seen we don't want anything more we don't want you to be anything that you're not we've seen what he can be two years ago he was a top five player he can be that again again so um what my expectation is at this point i don't want to hear about how his wrist was hurt his knee was hurt his foot like okay Let's move on past that. But Fredo, I think if Anthony Davis is healthy, if LeBron James is healthy, if if they are playing like two of the top five or ten players in the league, this team can be good. Like, I'm not saying that they're going to win the championship, but generally speaking, if you got two of the top ten players in the league, you're going to be competitive. I think the Lakers are going to be a lot better than what a lot of people think right now. No, of course, definitely. You're 100% on that. You know, it's Anthony Davis and LeBron James in the 20th year. Let's not forget that. And Russell Westbrook can elevate to something that he wasn't last year. And hopefully, Darvin Ham can bring it out of him. Having those three guys lead this squad behind with, you know, Patrick Beverly. We got Lonnie Walker, the fourth, which is my kind of sleeper player throughout the season with the Lakers. I feel that Lonnie Walker is going to make some very good, you know, a lot better than what Malik Monk was last year. Yeah. You know, because we, we saw what Malik Monk did last year. He was very good throughout the season, you know, hit a couple big shots. And he was an important key player to certain victories. But... Lonnie Walker can do some some damage, and Ken, Ken, Kendrick Nunn, Kendrick Nunn's the other guy that we didn't even see at all last season, besides like one or two preseason games, and he can be very key factor as well. But the Lakers, I think they might finish in the top top four in, in the West. Yeah. Top four. I mean, you you got to give you know some credit to the Warriors, and I don't know what the Suns are going to be about this season. I mean, when I heard that uh, uh, DeAndre Aiden did not talk to uh, Mr. Monty Williams has head coach for the whole summer. I mean, there, there, there's no connection there. There's yeah. something, something wrong over there. So Utah gave up, <laughs> and you know, there's not that much um, competition besides the two what Minnesota does this year with you know the twin towers they got now. But the Lakers have an opportunity to finish in the top four and maybe make some make some trouble out there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I'll add in there, Fredo. Like Armani buckets and I bet. Uh, I don't know. It was only like twenty, thirty dollars on Anthony Davis to win MVP. Sixty to one odds. Now it's twenty to one, or like twenty-five to one at the time in July. And wow. really, the Lakers need him to be an MVP candidate. When they won the championship, LeBron was playing more like a point guard. Even when he was off ball, he wasn't as. He was more reluctant as a scorer, right? He let Anthony Davis be the number one option. And that's what Ham did in the development of Giannis Antetokounmpo was he let him turn into the two-way star he was. I think that's going to be crucial for Anthony Davis this year, being the number one option. I have a question for every single one of you. How much time do you give this team 
to be to make that transition over with a new coach and everything like that because i mean this this is they a, need this a start. Franchise, they right? need a good start. Remember right. a year ago, they lost to the Thunder. They lost to the Spurs. They were like twelve and twelve, and it was just so clear that this team was going nowhere fast. They need a good start. Going back to the headline really quick, Anthony Davis saying about his wrist. The season before, he shot twenty six percent from three. So I don't want to hear about the wrist. I don't want to hear any of the excuses. When they won the title, Let them know. Let them know. <laughs> when they won the title in the playoffs, he shot thirty. 38% from three. His ability to space the floor is going to be the difference in this Lakers season. If he cannot shoot the basketball well, the Lakers ceiling will be capped at a certain point, and that point will not be that high. But if he can find his jumper like he did in the bubble, then yeah, I think the sky is the limit with this team. Yeah. We also have to remember really quick that the Celtics didn't turn it around and make the finals till after the trade deadline. So you need patience, but yes, Arash is right. They need to start way better than last year. Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing. That will at least give them some confidence. I think there was no confidence in this team. There was no willpower. The, 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 there was no fight. And when they started the season 12 and 12, it was just like, you know what? I mean, we're going through the motions. Frank Vogel, unfortunately, lost that team. They, they, they didn't pay attention. So, all right, Fredo, you're the best, my man. Let's let's do it again next week. That's, uh, yes, let's, uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton. When we return on the mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment, or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline right now. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no ads, no pop-ups, just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today, and here he is. Our main man on so many topics and a man who really covered the WNBA like nobody else during the finals. Our main man, Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? Doing good, man. Got to send a rest in peace to the OG legend Coolio, man. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Nick, a lot to get into. Let's start here. Rams go into Santa Clara to play the 49ers on Monday night. We were at that game a year ago. You were working... I was in a suite drinking some Cabernet. Uh, blowout. I mean, I mean, I don't know what it is about the 49ers against the Rams. Luckily, the Rams really won the one game that they had to win, the conference, the conference championship game. That being said, Nick, what do you think about this game? Well, I know one thing. I want to. When I grow up, I want to be like a rock and <laughs> watch a game of that magnitude. But no, I think listen. I think this is a different year. Obviously, the 49ers have gone through a lot of different. Uh, movements as far as their quarterback situation. I'm fortunately losing Trey Lance uh, to a season in the injury and getting Jimmy G back. 
Um, and then we saw the, the effect of what Jimmy G obviously could do and how he galvanized that team. But also when you look at the L.A. Rams and their injury situation, uh, you know, to me, I think the X factor is really going to be Ben Skoranek. I think Ben Skoranek has really uh, elevated himself to a position where he can really make moves. Um, as we know, with the greatness of Cooper Cup, what he can bring to the table. Uh, but I think Allen Robinson is really going to be a key factor in this game as well. Can they utilize Allen Robinson the way that they it, they designed him to be and the reason why they brought him to the Rams and signed that big deal uh, for to have another weapon for Matthew Stafford? Um, the O-line is going to have to really do some, some really solid protecting uh, to keep Matthew Stafford upright in Santa Clara. Uh, and also, too, when I look at uh, the run game is going to have to continue to improve. I know we saw some really great strides against the Arizona Cardinals with Dale Henderson as well as Cam Akers who scored his first touchdown this season uh, last Sunday in the desert. Uh, but they're really going to have to step up. This is this is an important team that's really going to go at the Rams. They always get up for the Rams. I don't care what their record is. No matter if they're, they, they, they haven't won a game, the 49ers are going to absolutely going to go after the Rams. And this rivalry is actually real. Uh, this rivalry is is, and the Rams want to go equally at the 49ers. Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna be a very interesting, I think, a heavyweight battle, as it were. Um, but I, I have to look at the Rams' defense. You know what they did last week? Uh, Eighty-one plays, not allowing not one touchdown. Um, there's going to be some difficulty because I think that offense under the 49ers is definitely going to be throwing some darts and really getting into the end zone. So the defense, the interior defense, is really going to have to make Step up, Leonard Floyd, uh, Ernest Jones, Aaron Donald, Mister One Hundred Sacks, uh, and then also through the secondary. What is what, what's going to come out of the secondary? Jalen Ramsey and those guys. What are they going to do in the secondary? Uh, especially when you got you got a guy like Debo Samuel, who has been a monster, has been a thorn in their side the last couple of seasons. Uh, how are you going to be able to slow him down? You can't stop him, but can you slow him down enough? Where he's no longer, he's not that much of a contributing factor. So it's definitely why not have Monday Night Football in Santa Clara and Levi Stadium to give me NFC West opponent going at it. Yeah, Nick, and I wanted to add on. I think the injury to uh, Trent Williams really affects this Niners team, especially since they already have Jimmy Ward out. He's not going to play. Uh, Jason Verrett not going to play, so their secondary is going to be weaker. I really think that the Rams will win their first head-to-head against the Niners in the regular season in two years. I, I, I think it's going to be close, but I would be surprised. The Niners are going nowhere fast, blowing games that they should have won against the Broncos and the Bears. They should be 3-0 and right now. And Look, when are we going to start talking about, yes, Cal Shanahan, one of the best coaches in the NFL until the end of the third and fourth quarter, but, man, this guy is one of the more conservative play callers. Jimmy was in a groove in the first quarter. They were dominating the Broncos, and then he stopped passing the football, started running the football with Jeff Wilson, not Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell is much more talented, right? So when are we mm-hmm. going to put the blame on him that he blew those two games they should have won by his play calling? They were in a groove, and he let the team go out of a groove. We call it the prevent defense, right, Nick? <laughs> Some Some's going right, like in the Super Bowl. When Kyle was in the Super Bowl, jet sweep to Debo. It was killing the Chiefs. Let's stop doing that. Let's start running the football right up the middle, like Stone Age offense, SEC old football. Sometimes I don't get it, but this is a must win for the Niners. I expect it to be close, but I think the Rams will beat them. I really do. The Rams should beat them because if they continue to stick to their game plan and make sure they don't turn the ball over, that's the key right there as well. Matthew Stafford has got to do what he has to do to, to protect the football and make sure he doesn't throw interceptions or 
keep you know not allow drives to, to, to keep going. One of one of the things last week that concerned me was their inability to convert while they were in the red zone a couple of times against the Arizona Cardinals, who are uh, to me a JV team in the NFC West. So if you're going to have some difficulty there, those are the things they're going to have to clean up, especially against a Niner team that is at home with the crowd into it. All right, and Nick, I now wanted to ask you about the Raiders. We talked about them in the first segment. 0-3, this is a must-win against the, quote, fraudulent Broncos. That really should be 1-2, you know, one and, one and um, at least, right? But this, talk about a Stone Age offense. I don't know who taught Nathaniel Hackett how to coach plays, but probably JV coaches in high school can coach better plays than him. No offense to Nathaniel Hackett, but... Man, the Raiders need to win. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to get Devontae involved. I think Devontae's going to have a huge game, especially you know the ascension of Mac Hollins with Hunter Renfro out. I, I do expect them, even with McDaniels as their coach, to get it done this week. What are your thoughts there, Nick? I don't think they get it done this week. I think they could potentially be 0-4. Because when you look at this, it goes deeper than just what's on the field. There's something going on within a locker room because you, you can't have that much sound like you mentioned with Devontae Adams, who... Finally, the Raiders get a, a real playmaker involved. You got a guy like Derek Carr, who is a good quarterback. I mean, I know he's got a, he's got knocked around uh, the last couple of years, but let's not forget there was a few, uh, before that ma- that major injury that he suffered. He was all he was considered a top notch quarterback. Um, the, but the problem is, I think there's a new system, there's a new offense, and Josh McDaniels to me is not head coaching material. I'm sorry, I think he's a, he's a, I think he's an excellent offensive coordinator uh, when he has the right pieces in place. But as far as a head coach, he has not shown me anything as far as this is a guy that you want to bring into your to your you know franchise to lead your franchise to a top-notch opportunity to go deep into the playoffs. I have not seen that. And again, I know it's still early in the season, but it's, it's something going on where things are just not clicking for the Las Vegas Raiders, and that is costing them opportunities. I mean, we saw against the Chargers, like you mentioned, uh, a couple of other games. Uh, against the Tennessee, you know, against the Tennessee Titans on the road, where they had opportunities to win. As you mentioned about the Niners, the Raiders should be three and zero at this point right now because they had golden opportunities to win ball games and get an opportunity to be, to to win ball games against quality teams on the road, and they have not done that as of yet. When I look at the the, the Denver Broncos, yes, they have a lot of work to do as well. We know about how dangerous Russell Wilson can be, and I think that offense is just about a matter of just being able to gel and to click and to be able to be on one accord. And I think once they figure that out, that they're going to be a definitely formidable opponent in the years to come because they do have the pieces. They just have to put the pieces together and make them work in their favor. Um, so it would not surprise me if the Broncos went and won against a division opponent in the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I'm just not sold on the Raiders, man. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm all stocked up on crazy. I can't buy it. (laughs) Nick, it is just so unfortunate with all the expectations coming into the season with the Chargers. And now you have Rashawn Slater torn biceps out for the season. Joey Bosa, groin injury, needs surgery. He's going on IR. Keenan Allen with the hamstring. He's missed the last two games. JC Jackson, Corey Lindsley, obviously the, the rib injury to Justin Herbert. What is going on not only with this team, but long term, Obviously, there is concern, but do you think that the concern is so bad that they could even miss the playoffs after Super Bowl expectations going into the season? Well, absolutely. I don't know why people thought they were going to have Super Bowl aspirations. I mean, have we seen Super Bowl aspirations before? I mean, the, the last time I remember the Chargers even getting close, which was the AFC Championship, when Phillip Rivers and they had LaDainian Thomason, who, who, who couldn't go back in in the second half and blew an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl that year. 
Well, I have not. I, I were. I was not one of the ones that had Super Bowl expectations. Listen, I think Justin Herbert is a fantastic, outstanding quarterback. I think he is definitely a quarterback of the future. I think he's definitely a franchise quarterback. The kid has a lot of heart. Uh, he has a. He, he definitely has a high football IQ. But at the same time, as you mentioned, all of the injuries and then too the guys who are healthy, the Austin Ecklers of the world, he has not performed up to par like we've seen him do in, in years prior. So he needs to find out and find his rhythm and get that together. But as I said before, I was not a, a, a proponent of Justin Herbert playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, an upset that I did call um, when they got blown out last week at SoFi. But at the same time, this is, this is, this is an opportunity for Brandon Staley to do the right thing. And the best thing, looking at the macro instead of the micro for this team, you're going to have Super Bowl aspirations. And putting Justin Herbert in a situation where he wasn't even 60% healthy was not a smart move. And when when he was at when, and when uh, Brandon Staley was asked about not, you know, about putting Justin Herbert in, oh, well, he told me he was ready to go. He told me he wanted to play. Well, sometimes you have to protect players from themselves. And you don't have the cojones to sit there and say, you know what, Justin, we love your passion, we love your energy, we love your heart, but we're going to have to have you sit this one out. In week three, not week 13, week three, and then you have other guys, like you said, that are injured, that are key components, J.C. Jackson, Keenan Allen, uh, Joey Bosa, um, you know, guys like that. And then where the hell is Khalil Mack? I said this before we had this conversation. Don't expect a lot from Camille Mack because his, his prime is past him. His prime is in his rear view. He's still a solid defender, but his prime is in his rear view. Because where the hell has Khalil uh, Mack been? He's been a milk carton all-star the last two weeks. And it's probably going to be week three where he's going to be on the milk carton because we haven't seen him. So the guys that are healthy, where are they? That's the problem with this team. Can you galvanize the guys that you do have and be able to make a successful run at it. You don't have a healthy Justin Herbert. Uh, they're going to Houston, and Houston defensively has definitely been has shown some signs of improvement. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Chargers lose in Houston to a close game because they're not simply functioning on all levels, not because of the injuries, but because of the guys that are not on the same page that are on the field that are healthy. I have not seen that. And to me, if they miss the playoffs again, there's going to be a lot of key cards that won't work by the end of the season. And not only Tom Telesco, which has been rumored to happen, but it may be Brandon Saley as well. Because you got Sean Payton that's been rumored to be sniffing around the facility trying to get back in to the, to the coaching ranks. And if I'm the Los Angeles Chargers and I had an opportunity to hire Sean Payton to come into the fold and turn things around, why would I do that? And if I, and if I had to sacrifice Brandon Saley, so be it. Yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. That was spot on, Nick. I want to ask you now about the feel-good story in the NFL right now, the Dolphins and Tua. They play tonight against the Bengals. Two questions for you, Nick. One, are the Bengals legit? And two, is Tua legit? Sorry, I don't know if I... Did I say, are the Dolphins legit yeah. and is Tua legit? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think, you know, it remains to be seen what Tua can do. I mean, it's not like we've only, unfortunately, got a small sample size and he's actually been able to perform. I mean, the man took a, a significant hit last week in the first half, was able to come back in the second half and lead his team uh, in a victory against a very, uh, what we call a Super Bowl contender in the Buffalo Bills in Miami. However, uh, when you look at that, when you look at what they have, the weapons they have between Waddle and Tyreek Hill, that was a significant upgrade at wide receiver. 
and giving Tua some weapons so he's able to go, you know, throw the ball to be able to expand plays, be able to keep drives going. Um, but I think uh, as far as when they're playing Cincinnati, I think you know the bullseye's been on Cincinnati the last you know several a few weeks I should say. Uh, but now the bullseye is on the Miami Dolphins because they're the team to beat right now. So I think if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, if you're Joe Burrow, if you're if you're Jamar Chase and those guys, I think you guys just have to really take a step back, assess who you are, remember who you are, because this is the same team that made it to the Super Bowl, went into Kansas City last year, beat Kansas City in the fourth quarter to get to the Super Bowl. So I think it's just a matter of Cincinnati remembering who they are, Remember what what it took to get them to the to the promised land, and then be able to execute and, and show those colors as far as uh, being that team that they are formidable, and showing that they are a formidable opponent. The Miami Dolphins uh, remains to be seen. Again, they have a lot to prove. They continue to build their team. They got a they got a really good coach um, that's instilling a lot of uh, you know a lot of culture in that locker room, and that's going to be key for their success as they move forward. Nick, you were at Clippers Media Day. Uh, they uh, are going through training camp in Las Vegas before they head to Seattle for their first two preseason games. Your thoughts on the Clippers? I mean, Kawhi looks amazing in terms of, you know, I mean, he's back and healthy. They got Paul George. They got John Wall. Your thoughts on the Clippers? Well, in the words of the head coach, Tyron Luke, yeah, uh, Kawhi's big as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's definitely <laughs> come back in shape. Uh, he looks well. He, he, you know, we talked to him. He, he said he feels good. Um, you know, he's just going to go along with what the training staff has for him as far as making sure he gets back and gets ready as he prepares for his upcoming season. But I think this is the year that the Clippers are going to do anything. I think this is the year for them to do it. Yeah. I mean, they have a healthy Kawhi Leonard. They have Paul George back. Obviously, Reggie Jackson. Uh, you got uh, Marcus Morris uh, Senior. Uh, you have. Um, you know, John Wall, who, I, who, who told us and told me, hey, man, I got a chip on my shoulder. So that's why I'm ready to play. I'm ready to get after it, and I'm ready to contribute to this team any way I can. And, and when he spoke, you listened, because he actually meant exactly what he was saying. It was not something that was going to be cute for the for press clipping. Yeah. He actually meant exactly what he said. He, and he, went, and he told us, look, you got a dog here. You, you got a dog in this locker room, and there's a lot of other dogs in this locker room that are going to fight, they're going to scrap, they're going to compete each and every night. And you felt that energy, you felt that vibe when he was as he was speaking. And I think a lot of the guys have welcomed his not only his presence, but his leadership ability and knowing that he's been a vet in this league and knows what it takes to win and knows what it, and he wants to be able to be a part of this franchise and be a part of this team. Um, and you look at the guys that are coming on, I think the Clippers are one of the most deepest teams in the NBA right now. And if they can stay healthy and put it all together, I think they can at least make the Western Conference Finals and, and possibly meet uh, more than likely against either Golden State or the Phoenix Suns. Um, and I think this is a team that can actually get over the hump. If they can stay healthy, they can get over the hump and possibly make the NBA Finals. But it all starts not only just with training camp, but it all starts with what they do in the preseason and how they prepare for the regular season and then be able to, to win games against teams that they're supposed to win and then beat the teams that they weren't scheduled to win uh, win against, beat those teams, and be able to come out of those those games healthy enough to be able to uh, compete. And, and like I said, I like this Clippers team. I like what they represent. Um, you know, and I like to see what they, how far this team can really go under Tyron Lue. It'll be a great story for Tyron Lue as well. We know he's a championship coach. He had one of the greatest players of all time, and, and LeBron James at one point when he coached 
Um, so it would be great to see him coach another set of great players like Kawhi and PG uh, to get them to the promised land and hopefully be able to ho- hoist up that Larry O'Brien trophy as uh, Steve Bomber so boisterously uh, stated from the time he bought the team. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, a healthy Clippers team is a happy Clipper nation, right? Um, I want to talk um, more about Kawhi and what um, if you think that he's going to play sixty games, fifty games? Are we go- are we going to be seeing a full season Kawhi, considering he's had all this time off? Yeah, I think we'll see a, a full season of Kawhi Leonard. I think this is a make or break year for Kawhi Leonard as well. That's why I said there's so much riding on this year because if they don't make at least the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, you can see a major shakeup happening with that organization. And Kawhi may be on the outs. Uh, his key card may not be able to work going into the facility moving forward. But I think when you look at this team, I think yeah, we all know Kawhi doesn't play back-to-back. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. However, um, can you play the games that you are in? Can you make a significant impact in the games that you do play in? And then when it comes playoff time, there are no days off. Uh, will you be healthy enough and what you you know what do you have to do? Um, a lot of guys. I mean, we talked about. I think another piece of the puzzle. I know you talked about Kawhi, but I think Norman Powell is also a major piece of the puzzle. And even when I spoke with him, you know, some things he had to change coming into this season. Obviously, he, unfortunately, he, he succumbed to some injuries that did not allow him to participate last season. So I think when you look at what he had to do, he said he told me, "Look, man, I have to change my diet. I have a mental health coach. You know, that keeps me balanced as far as my mental, as far as my emotion." And then physically, I was going to have the trainers, I had the staff, and I had to do things I know I needed to do to get back in shape and to stay in shape and be able to be a major contributor to this team. So I think a lot of guys are holding each other accountable. And even something Reggie Jackson told me, he said, hey, man, I got rookies telling me and Terrence Mann telling me, hey, man, you know, you on some, some nonsense right now. He said, man, I have to sit back and take it because I had to make an assessment of myself. And to me, the level of accountability, no matter if they're veterans, no matter if they're young guys, these guys listen to one another. They are all on one accord like a hunt. And so when you look at what they need to do and what they're focused on, this is a complete team. Like I said, this is a team of depth, but this is a, it could be def- definitely a team of depth. Yeah, I mean, they, they are such a deep team. They are such a talented team. They are, again, would be shocked if they're not playing in the conference finals, perhaps, like you said, against the Warriors maybe against the Suns, but I really like this Clippers team this season. Nick, you're the best. I will uh, probably see you this weekend, and we'll talk again next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.